0: Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. Now, here are the Friars. Well, hello, everyone, once again, and welcome back to the Become Fire podcast. Uh, A blessing to be with you. It's Father Anthony here with Father Peter Teresa. Hello, hello. And we are privileged once again to have Monica Domingo. Uh, What a blessing to have one of the elders of our community here. And if you haven't heard, last week she talked about the growing up. In the village here of Kamat, on the west side of the Healy River Indian Reservation, the village here that we live at, at St. John's, and what it was like having no running water, no electricity, and uh, growing up and by the field and swimming in the river, etc., and and her time here at the school and how beautiful it was to be the sisters and some good stories about the sisters uh, collecting snake bones and other such <laughs> things. Um, but we'd like to to move the, to kind of maybe the next stage of of your life and. Um, what the transition is like. And I don't know how, if you'd like to just talk about the history of it or you just want to talk about where things are now and how we got here. Um, but now there is running water and there's electricity and you have a house. You said there's a lot of things you don't want to go back to, <laughs> but obviously probably some things you miss as well. So what's life like now? Um, and, and how is it different from life as it was back then? And what are some of the blessings of that? And what are maybe some of the difficulties of that? Well,
1: I, I guess trying to grow in time. The saddest part about it is when the school closed mm. and the priest left. Yeah,
0: tell us about that.
1: We weren't aware of anything like that. I th- I feel that if if uh, if uh, if we were kind of if we were kind of informed that the priest won't be here anymore, mm. but I think that uh, when that that time came. Uh, they told us that we would be turned over to the the school, or the church would be turned over to the diocese of Phoenix. Um, and that I think that became sort of a a day of dooms, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, where we, what are we going to do? You know.
0: And were you were living in the village at the time? Mm-hmm. And were, did you have a family? Did you have kids? Were your kids attending the school? Like, how was this? What were you at at life when all this information came?
1: Actually, I um, graduated from school here mm-hmm. in 1959. Okay. And I left the reservation. Okay. And um, um, I came back and I had, well, I had heard that the school was going to close because uh, the high school, at least, you know. And I think that was one of the saddest times that I felt, yeah. although I wasn't here, but, you know, even it hit me, yeah. you know, just. Yeah growing up here, and not knowing that's going to be no education for our kids and you know, right. the older kids. But they had the, the grade school. They still have it here, had it here when I came back to live here in this, which was 1970, 75, I think it was, when they moved back to the reservation. There was a few students left, but after that, um, my grandson, went to school here, great school here, and uh, he, uh, I can't remember the year that he had uh, gone out in uh, the eighth grade, and it uh, must have been the 90s, somewhere in the 90s, where the school completely shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had one priest here, Father Regis, um, but he, he was an elder priest, and he left. He left to, I think, it was to power. So, uh, I think that was sort of sad for me because we didn't have, you know, like the priests who were so used to them. We want them to be here every time we come to see them, you know, yeah. or the nuns. But I think the nuns were here for a while. Then they went to Saint Peter's again you know that was another another sad time that they they left us but and so what happened to the church
0: after this so was the church full on sundays at this time
1: um you know i i didn't come to church okay. i used to go to st Catherine's, you mm-hmm. know yeah. and <clears throat> because they said they didn't have no mass you know they didn't have so we didn't come and um <clears throat> But um, this is
0: St. Catherine's in South Phoenix or mm-hmm, St. Catharines Sa- in Santa Cruz? Okay, Santa Cruz.
1: I mean, uh, uh, Phoenix. Okay, okay. But uh, Arlene, my cousin Arlene, she uh, she was there during that time, and uh, she um, was coming to church, but they were prayer, and prayer leaders at the time. Okay. And um, so I didn't really know what uh, how many people came. Right. But I'm sure that they wanted to keep it going, so they kept coming, you know. Right, right. And so I I didn't come to church until this. Um, she told me that a priest was going to come, and it's going to be coming uh, maybe once a month. It was going to be here that once, so it came. And a lot of people were here. A lot of people came Mom. and um, to hear him. And uh, so... I was kind of happy about that, you know, that at least we're going to have one. But, you know, he had to go to the other missions to do mass, you know, like, took turns of going. Yeah. I don't know what his schedule was. <clears throat> so, and there the rest of the I mean, he kind of, uh, we had uh, our chief, um, Tony Maskey, kind of like, um directed everybody, you do this and you do that, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the Father kind of confirmed all of us, you know, to work with the church. And for me, not coming to church as much here and not knowing what I had to face, um, Tony said, you work with Father Jim and you work with the liturgy. I said, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so... Carmelita was the lecture person to elect people to read. We were just chosen you know like that and so and then you be the teachers. you do this for the kids and you and you do the adult you know and so he selected all those people to be oh and he said you select the people to teach different people. So I asked father could I do that and he said, Yes, you're part of the liturgy. You know, you have to do it. I said, okay. You know, I, I told Tony, I said, you know what? You need to pick somebody that really went to church and know what they're doing. You know, I went to church, but I don't, you know, I just attended church. I didn't work with the church. He said, you can do it.
2: <laughs>
1: and uh, so everybody had a, a, a position to do. So it, they all worked together. And he, he was the one that would select all the men, you know, to work. He would say, you do this, you do that. And so he was really the one that uh, uh, put the church together and kept it going. So Father won't leave us, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so, but we helped him as much as we could, right. you know. But there was yep. there was few, um, more than what we have now, you know. And um uh, <clears throat> We have to count the hosts, so we don't. Uh, we count hosts at least about—every uh, Sunday we have 30 people in church. And, of course, during midnight mass, we have room only, you know, standing room only. Yeah, right. So we have to count all the hosts, so we have at least about—close to 200.
0: Well, wow. Because the Coming. priest would only come, what, once a month or once every other
1: once. month? <laughs> we, call them, we call them our Catholic uh, <clears throat> yearly, our yearly Catholics.
0: <laughs> oh, really? No, no, the priest. How often would the priest come?
1: Once a month. Once, once a, month. a month, okay. okay. So and just... then once a month here and once a month at Santa Cruz. Okay. Yeah, so. <clears throat> and then midnight. We stress that we went at midnight mass. Midnight mass. So yes,
0: Christmas. for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is still yeah. very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: so. That was how it was, and uh, well, I would do the prayer leading during the sum. I mean, during the ma- I mean, uh, Sunday, and uh, I would always ask for priests. You know, so I'll pray to have even one or two, and more than that, if at all possible. And so we'd all do the rosary, and we'd all pray, and um, so we would gather together on uh every thursday and again with we do um choir practice with the with the group and they would again we pay for the priest you know to come so it was an ongoing thing everywhere we went even the at um kateri conferences with us you know we talked to priests and tell them you know what we want and and also in a, a way that they're kind of telling us we're short of priests. It's really hard to get priests, you know. Could you talk to your community and see if we can uh, get young men to think about it? It's just never never mm-hmm. worked. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: And how was your faith through this? Did, was this hard for you uh, in your b- belief in God or your trust in the Catholic Church? Or was your faith just rock solid, even despite this difficulty?
1: I think uh, I kind of trusted in God, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? I just think, you know, one day we will. And uh, I felt like we gotta do what we gotta do. You know, just keep coming, just keep keeping the, the church going. Even if we just do a rosary, just get maybe some kind of devotion, meditation, <clears throat> holy Hour. We did Holy Hour all the time too. Mm-hmm. We kept the uh, the Holy Week, you know, consistent. And we did, did the Stations of the Cross, and we did what what we learned, you know, growing up, with mm-hmm. what we did. And but we couldn't do the priestly things that that means a lot to us. But. Uh, I, I just feel that you know during that time it was for me it was i i I felt like I was denying people because you know I am trying to do reflect on the homilies am I doing the right thing? am I saying the right thing you know it was it was hard it was hard mm. in that area and um the only reason why I kept going was because they would tell me so, you're doing good, you're okay here you know. Mm. Don't feel bad. You know, just, you're okay. And um, and that made me feel not okay, but, you know, I feel I owe that to them, you know, in, in the meantime. So I, um, I I told them I think I pray hard, harder than you guys do. <laughs> 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 I really want them here Amen. now. And... Uh, <clears throat> Even uh, Tony Meschke was such a person. He really empowered me a lot in so many ways, you know. Actually, he's my god brother too. So, mm-hmm. so he said, you're doing really well, you know, just to keep it going. And Father Jim was very helpful also. And some of the prayer leaders on the other side were helping, too. So I felt confident, you know, at the time, but not secure, you know, so... Um, so those were my sad times, I would say. You know that I felt, uh, in a way, I felt that we got deprived. You know, mm-hmm. because Father Jim began to become ill, and so he had to leave. So we he put another priest here. His name was Father Jim Dixon. You know, and he was there in his place. Then we lost Father Jim. You know, he died of cancer. Mm-hmm. So, more prayers, more. But Father Jim, he went looking for priests, you know, to come and do Mass for us, you know. And I I told him, Father Jim, so you know anybody that could be able to come, like maybe every other Sunday, or maybe more than once a month, you know. Mm -hmm. So he said, I'll see what I can do we got to get those old priests from retirement and we'll send them. <laughs> I said, anything, Father. <laughs> Father Greg stepped in and mm. he came. And then Father, my senior ed, stepped in yeah. and he came. So I just felt so relieved yeah. <clears throat> and uh, thanking them all the time. So that was where I felt something's going to happen pretty soon. And when you guys came, you know, I was, oh, wow, you know, they're here. <laughs> and they didn't even tell us they were going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was the way I felt. I just feel very blessed. Yeah. Very blessed. Yeah. And I uh, just want to say how much I worship you guys, you know, when you're here, seeing you're just walking in the grounds. <clears throat> I um, I was going to come to Mass this morning, but um, I say I should have stopped driving at 82. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to go pick up my grandkids, so I did mm-hmm. not make it. Yeah. take them to school. Yeah, And that's in Phoenix, mm-hmm. not around here. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: So...
0: I'd like to ask a few questions just because you brought some things up, if you, if you don't mind. And one was you really talked about these sad times that you had to go through, especially when Father Jim passed away in those difficult times. And, and I know a little bit about your story, and you've had a lot of tragedy in your life. Um, you've lost mm-hmm. a child. You've lost grandchild children. You know, you've, you've had uh, tragic deaths, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and yet you are such a witness and example of faith, you know, not only to us but to the whole community here. Of someone who really you're always faithful you're always at church you know always helping out any way you can mm-hmm. um how is it that you've been able to um endure through tragedy what is the what, what, what is the key for me some advice for people out there might be listening who have to deal with their own tragedy mm-hmm. that's helped you endure and persevere through the tragedies you've experienced
1: i think it's the church mm-hmm. you know i i don't think i will be in this state if work for my church. Yeah. When I lost my son, well, they went to um, San Carlos irrigation of the dam there and he drowned. He drowned. He he loves the water, so I guess he thought it was going to be safe and he drowned.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this the, the people that found him said that he was swept away with the current yeah. and that caused him not to come back up. So when that happened, my first death in my family like that, you know, my children, yeah. my my youngest son, <clears throat> I uh, I couldn't have done it without my prayer partners, you know, mm. with all of them that came to my house. We went to San Carlos and we came back home, and uh, they were there waiting for me. So wow. I I felt so healed, even though you know. They all felt bad for me, but to me, I felt that was a healing process mm. that I could, and even even my other son that died, my my six of my grandsons that got killed, you know, mm-hmm. my son that was killed, and um, I kind of shared that with those who had the you about my son getting killed, coming to my house, so, uh, a car <clears throat> came by him, I guess, and shot him. He was coming alone and they didn't find him until the next day and so and again my prayer partners were there and the church was there you know it's just a really uplifting and um, and i couldn't have done it if i wasn't church or wasn't you know coming yeah. and doing what i was doing <clears throat> and um, i couldn't have done it without all my family and the whole village. I know when my son died, the parking lot was so full at the service center across the street, and you know, all the yeah. way down where our family rolls. And it was the same where Chris lives. That's where I lived too. And the street was so full of cars. Mm. Wow. So it's just the people that have, I've realized that you're real healers, you know, yeah. some yeah. you didn't even know. And, um, and so every time that uh, I know that somebody's lost somebody like that, you know, it's you know, they really need you or mm-hmm. you know, need people around the family. They have to be together and can't do without anybody, you know, yeah. you can't do it alone. So I think that made me a little bit stronger. You know, I think about them, you know, but I um, just like my son, you know, he got shot, you know. And um, I said, well, there's two souls lost here. You know, my son, I know where he's at. And the one that did it, I hope it's okay, you know, because, yeah. you know, right now he's running scared. And I'm just hoping he doesn't do that to anybody else, you know, because mm-hmm. he's going to be running that much faster, looking back, mm-hmm. looking back all the time, you know. So I can always say that I know where my son is, I don't know who the the man is that shot him or woman, whoever, because they never found him. They mm-hmm. Never. They. Some say that he had known who it was, and <clears throat> but there are no really no no sure, no yeah. proof. But that's okay, you know. I yeah. hope, you know, he yeah. repents somehow. Yeah. You know, he'll go through some things that he's dealing with. Mm-hmm. so I think that's one of my, my comforts yeah. I feel comfort with a lot of people you yeah.
3: know? So. one of the things you mentioned in there was that there was a, a you guys pray the rosary together mm-hmm. um, and I've just in being here the last couple of years just seen how important the rosary is to the community and every time that's, that's just, and so I was just wondering if you maybe could speak to how did the rosary become such an important part of the gatherings and, and praying together? And what does the rosary mean to, to you and to the community?
1: Well, uh, to me, I, I think that w- I would say that would be my strength because sometimes when the grief resurface, mm. I'll go out and I'll do my rosary and I'll feel mm. better. And wow. uh, and I think that's sort of something that I, I pray now that I uh, have no one at home. I'm there by myself, so I pray more, you know, than I ever did before, you know, because it was cooking and making sure they're ready for school, that type of thing. It's always in a rush, you know, but now that in the morning, I get up and I pray the rosary. I uh, place my little altar outside in my front door, and I sit there, and I tell you about how sacred the mountains are to me. And I look up there, and I, I, I was telling Father Teresa, I even see our Blessed Mother, you know, but she'll she'll be real, uh, real clear, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's the, I guess the uh, sun sh- <coughs> uh, shines in a different way, so I don't see her. Mm-hmm. But then I go out there, and she's just up there, and I took a picture of her. I think I have it in my
2: purse.
1: Mm. Did I bring my purse in?
0: (laughs) You did. We could take a look afterwards. Um, Yeah, how how beautiful. Yeah, that's that's so sweet. Do you know how the rosary became such an important devotion among the people?
1: In my family, um, my mother was, uh, my father, uh, I I didn't know if it was Presbyterian or Catholic. Excuse me. Because they couldn't find his records there, but he got re-baptized. Okay. And my mother from Mexico, she would come. She would be the one, the, the women would be the one starting the rosary, but in Spanish. hmm So, and uh, again, people would come and uh, they will uh, pray with, with us. And um, <clears throat> Every night we'd be in bed because we didn't have a big, you know, uh, our own room. So I slept in one room. She'll be, we'll be doing the rosary, you know, while we're in bed. Wow. So it was just a thing that I do. But of course, I got away from it when I moved away from here. And we <clears throat> went to St. Mary's and they started having rosaries, So they started going, started going with my kids at the time. Mm-hmm. So... And off and on you know until i came back home then i start it to me it's uh very comforting i mean there's times when i forget and i i i, I, uh, I don't know how you would explain i try to connect myself you know yeah so <clears throat> i was telling debbie i said you know um When she took the Blessed Mother home, you say the rose, how often do I have to say they told us three times a day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) Yes.
1: I only did it once. (laughs) Once every day. (laughs) But I I don't know, it's just I wouldn't really know how to explain it, but it's just it got so where I just kinda got personal with each decade. Mm. You know. Um like the glorious mystery you know i uh, pray a lot for for our people here yeah you know and you know what's going on today it's i'm i'm always doing the glorious mystery mm. but then i'll do the sorrowful and the <clears throat> joyful and the luminous i'll do do it too as well but on the days but it was always a glorious mystery to kind of calm our, our world with um, Without the guns, that the killings, yeah. and without all these drugs that are hitting our reservation, killing our kids.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. And um, I guess that, that I really never thought of what you know it was just a thing that I do, you know. So, like I said, I grew up with it. We grew up with it, you know, always. My family, I was showing the rosary. Mm. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. And yes. you know, I'm really touched by, I guess, two of the things you've mentioned, you know, and what is the community, that mm-hmm. the community heals. And yeah. you talked about how much community there was um, as a child, that even you had 10-year-old kids being dropped off from California and Utah away from their family, and you were a part of the healing process you and the other children here to comfort them in the midst of, of the difficulty they were going through, to show them mm-hmm. support and love. And you were so excited to meet them and spend time. And how when you were dealing with tragedy, your your friends, your prayer support group was all there at your home waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, this before cell phones, I'm, I'm guessing. They didn't know when you were coming. They just waited you yeah. know, and prayed mm-hmm. um, and cared for you in that time. And that important sense of community. You know, which I think you talked about. That's a problem that's that's been lost in many ways throughout our society. We just mm-hmm. don't have that same community uh, support and that same outreach, and um, that's really hard. And then, too, prayer. I mean, you talked about you just find peace when you turn to Our Lady and her intercession, and, and the Church and Our Lord, and in the Mass, and how how much of a rock that's been for you. And so, I'm so, I'm so encouraged by these two aspects, which are so important to our faith. Mm-hmm. You know, the the fact that we you know have to turn to the Lord in prayer and rely on Him and then the fact that we need each other to support each other through this. It's so so inspirational to me. Amen. Um, And I guess I want to just kind of final question as we get near wrapping up is, um, do you have anything you would like to say? We have a lot of listeners out there. There's some from the community. There's some outside the community, people from uh, different parts of the nation. If you have anything you just want to speak, any advice you might have, anything you want people to know, I just want to give you kind of an opportunity to speak that right now.
1: Well, I guess I, I miss more of our people. You know, our um, people, they, you know, <clears throat> most of the ones that were consistent in coming to the prayer service that we would have, not here anymore. Yeah. You know, so these are the people that prayed, you know. We all prayed together on that. So I miss the young ones. I miss some of the old ones, you know. But it's good to have all the... um different people that came you know different nationalities that are here and uh it's good to see them and it's good to know them you know and uh, not personally know them but at least they're here mm-hmm. and it's just like i said you know that uh, people are so important to one another and um uh, i tell that to some of the people i say you know just come to church you know you know even yourself if you can't drag your husband or your children with you just come you know and they'll see you're coming you know so and uh so they do tell them you know so um say well I don't know what uh what uh I don't want to make them I don't want to force them to do something you know that they don't and they'll say oh yeah we want to we want to you know but said come anyway you know mm-hmm. yeah but so i really don't know how yeah. to yeah thank you
0: beautiful mm-hmm. um and then just our final fun question i know you're a great lover of saint kateri mm-hmm. and so if you could just um tell us um what saint kateri has meant to you as kind of our wrap up question
1: Well, i think the first thing that i got the impression of of her When I first heard about her, um, I felt, you know what? It's okay to be Indian and to be Catholic. Mm, Yeah. And I think that was where I began to have, you know, want to know more about her and her life. And I think that's that's where I'm at because like we have symbols in our church, you know, and um, we have symbols within our tribe, you know. Like even your baptism, we have our baptism. As when you're four days old, you have to be traditionally baptized, and um, they uh, <clears throat> have you taste the dirt, and um, there's a taste of life, you know, and um, that you can be able to to walk straight. And I would ask my mom because my uh, we. My brother was born at home too um all our families were born at home they would after birth you know they're they'll bury the afterbirth in the ground where they were born and said that not ch- children like my kids you know they're born in the hospital now what we feel is that you know their afterbirth doesn't come back with them
2: mm-hmm
1: it's flushed down the toilet, so they don't know they don't have their roots, you know. Mm. Um, I I respect that, but again, you know, I I uh, told my mom and said, but you know, we always know who we are, you know, and uh, so say yeah, it was just something that we we do, you know. So I think that's. Uh, That's where I see, you know, with the traditions that go on with the conference, you know, and I feel really at home, I think, you know, Mm -hmm. and it just kind of makes me feel proud of who I am and being Catholic, like I said, you know, you know, we can be anybody and be Catholic, although some of us don't leave what we were taught as children. And the main thing that I know that in my, in our home, we were taught about, What we're taught at school be kind to one another, and all those things that we have to respect people. Never talk bad about another person because you're killing him. It's worse than murder, you know. So don't gossip, don't do this. And when I came to school, and those are the things we were taught, you know, uh, the the commandments and uh, the the seven deadly sins, you know, those things you don't do. And it was kind of sim- similar to what I heard. And um, my uh, grandmother, to call her a medicine woman, and I have a grandfather. And my 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 grandfather and my mother's side, he was a medicine man, as well as my grandmother and my father's side. That, and they would talk about things like that. And um, they would also give us a smoke blessing in the... In a little house, uh, my grandfather would be the one doing that. My he was more or less a herbalist, and then my my grandmother, my father's uh, aunt, she she was a masseuse, you know, so she would heal people with that. And um, so I I see to even with some of the the people there at the conference, you know, that do the same thing that have the same beliefs that we do and and so they always have us connect with baptism and stuff like that and catechism and you know our teaching what we learned, you know. And so they would always say remember that, you know. And so saw, I I, I re- really respect Kateri, you know, it's yeah. her growing up, what she went through, you know. And I also feel that I, I did a little uh, reflection on her about how she um, how she uh, brought us together as Indian people. You know, there was wars and there was and what she experienced as a child. She uh, saw all that bad stuff going with her people. And today, it was at uh, Our Lady of Victory where I said, and today we're sitting here with another tribe, you know, like Phyllis and uh, Tony Maskey he's Apache and she's Pima.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and said
1: we we're rivals with the Apaches what right, I was right, told yeah. so you know the other tribes you know, are you know Mary and so mm-hmm. she's united us in some way in, the, in that way yeah and that's that's how I feel about
0: it. thank you so much Monica for being thank with us so it's much. been very informative yeah, it's, 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 it's a been a great blessing and as Father you say a final prayer and give us a final blessing absolutely in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the
3: Holy Spirit Amen Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for the great gift of our Catholic faith uh, and the heroes of our faith, and uh, especially St. Kateri. We just thank you for, for her life and her witness and, and for uniting us, uh, all of us, uh, here in, 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 in these lands, uh, in this nation, in this country of the Americas, uh, that she was just this great saint for us. We ask for her prayers for us and, and the Blessed Virgin Mary as well, just through the power of her rosary that she would be with us and all of our families to to lead us, to guide us, and protect us, and to bring us more closely into the heart of her son. May the blessing of Almighty God come upon all of you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith/give. That's becomefire.faith/give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.